here's Pastor Ed with a brief preview of today's edition of Voice of Faith. His commitment to you is greater than your commitment to Him. His commitment to you is incredible. So incredible that it led Him to make a sacrifice. The shepherd's sacrifice for his sheep is another characteristic of what the good shepherd is like. I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. God is committed to us. Have you ever thought about that? Pastor Ed reminds us today that our relationship with God is not just about our side of things. God really is the one who started it all. When God created humans, he made a commitment. He desired so much to have a relationship with us that he was willing to sacrifice what he loved, his son, for the chance to connect with us. He doesn't force this relationship on us, but is always there to receive us when we take the next step. Now here's Pastor Ed with today's message entitled, The Good Shepherd. The hired hand is not the shepherd who owns the sheep. So, when he sees the wolf coming, he abandons the sheep and runs away. Then the wolf attacks the flock and scatters it. The man runs away because he's a hired hand and cares nothing for the sheep. I am the good shepherd. Jesus declares that he is that good shepherd in contrast to the bad shepherd. Israel had some kings who brought judgment and ruin on their nation. Israel had religious leaders who failed to speak the truth to the people. And because of that, they wandered into sin and they brought judgment upon themselves. Jesus declares that he is the good shepherd. Sheep can't defend themselves. Yeah, other animals can run or flee or fight against an animal that would come in and try and destroy the flock. Sheep don't even make an effort to protect their young. They are vulnerable to attack, to the prey of the enemy. How much like us the sheep are? We're like sheep. I had a friend who pastored in the shadow of Harvard. And the pastor told me, they're pastoring right close to Harvard University. They were so surprised at all of the intellectuals that got caught up in cults. Those working on their PhD or doctors or just brilliant people. But when it came to spiritual perception, they didn't have it. They liked it. We're vulnerable when it comes to the attack of the enemy. People don't generally have spiritual discernment. We need a shepherd. We need Christ. Uh, we need that good shepherd to watch over us. I think of a survey that George Barner took. In this survey, he surveyed teenagers. And he asked them in a moment of danger, in a moment of crisis, and going through something real difficult, who do they turn to? Number 25 on the list was their father. Their mothers fared a little bit better. They were number 11. Most of them turned to music, turned to their friends and peers. 
the people who care most and love most and could give the best guidance, those teenagers didn't turn to. But rather they turned to friends and to culture. Well, parents didn't fare as well either. (laughs) We're not always that wise either. In the Chicago Tribune magazine, there was a report a number of years ago about an intuitive healer. You could call up this person without even meeting with them and they could diagnose you and tell you what's wrong with you. The troubling thing about that was the amount of people that believed it, even physicians. We need a shepherd. We need someone to guide and to direct and to watch over us. And Jesus said, I am that shepherd. I am the good shepherd. We're not just physical beings. We're spiritual beings. And our spiritual life depends on our relationship with God. Take that connection away from us and we will flounder. We'll lose our way we'll find ourselves robbed by the thief who takes purpose and meaning out of life. You'll find yourself hollow, like a tree eaten out from the inside, a shell. No, that's what's happening in our culture right now. We are becoming more a pagan nation. A friend of mine called me up the other day, and he said, did you know they've changed the dollar bill, and they have now dollars that are in, you know, just a a coin size. I said, oh, yeah. He said, well, they just made a change. They took off in God we trust on those coins. In a time when we most need God's help as a nation, we're turning our back. That's dangerous. We need Jesus Christ. We need the Good Shepherd. Without Him, we will lose our way. Jesus promised us the life that was to the full, brimming over. My cup runneth over, the psalmist said. In verse 10, He promises us the abundant life. The thief does not come except to steal and to kill and to destroy. I've come that they may have life And that they may have it more abundantly. That's the New King James. The NIV says life to the full. Life is not lived from the outside in. It's from the inside out. It's not what surrounds us that makes life meaningful. It's what's within us that gives us the ability to enjoy life. When we have it right with God... We will enjoy an abundant life. The good shepherd protects the sheep. In the Middle East, they still have shepherds and sheep. And uh, I enjoyed when I've gone over to the Middle East to see shepherds and sheep. Sometimes visitors come and they want to try to fool the sheep. So they may dress up in that shepherd's garb. And they try and mimic the sound of the shepherd, but the sheep won't listen. They won't follow. Shepherds would have pens. They were walls built of stone, 
and they would plant on those walls thorn bushes and, and put sharp, rugged uh, plants around there so an animal wouldn't climb over or it would be very difficult for someone to climb over. And they'd have a narrow entrance. You would find this in the cities and you would find it out in the desert areas where they would lead the sheep. Now in the cities often what you would find is many times shepherds would bring their sheep together. And so you would have different folds in the same pen. But when a shepherd came and gave his distinct call, his sheep would get up and they would leave that pen. Jesus said that he is our shepherd and he wants to lead us into that abundant life. What is that abundant life? It's a life lived in Psalm 23. It's a life of experiencing Psalm 23, where he says, I shall not want. It doesn't mean that you don't have needs. It means that God so satisfies you inside that you're satisfied with what he gives. Satisfied, satisfied. He said he'd be my comforter. He said he'd be my guide. Ever since that wonderful day, my soul's been satisfied, the songwriter says. He leads me beside the still waters and the green pastures. He knows how to feed us. He knows how to calm our troubled soul. He restores my soul. Sheep are much like turtles. Ever see a turtle when they're on their back? They have a hard time getting back over. Well, sheep are less likely to turn themselves over than a turtle is. So once a sheep is on its back, it's done for. And the shepherd has to come and turn it over and then help the circulation to start flowing through its extremities, its legs again. When they call that a cast position, our good shepherd knows when we're on our back and we can't get ourselves over. We're, we're in a situation where we can't get ourselves out of that situation the good shepherd promises to watch over us, to protect us, to guide us, to keep us. That's his promise. Jesus tells us that he comes to satisfy our deepest needs. In John 6.35 it says this, Then Jesus declared, I am the bread of life. He who comes to me will never go hungry. He who believes in me will never be thirsty. The good shepherd is devoted to the sheep. It's not a part-time job. It's a full-time job. It's something that he has committed himself to do. Our good shepherd has made a commitment to you. His commitment to you is greater than your commitment to him. His commitment to you is incredible. So incredible that it led him to make a sacrifice. The shepherd's sacrifice for his sheep is another characteristic of what the good shepherd is like. I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. If they were to vaporize your body and someone wanted to cash in, they would have about $4 and change worth of chemicals and minerals. That's all they could get for your vaporized body. Now, in 9-11, when that great tragedy happened, our government 
wanted to somehow comfort the people, make a statement to the world, and also help the economy because there might be all sorts of lawsuits. There were 2,973 people who lost their lives in 9-11. And so they were going to compensate people for their lives. And they wanted to determine how much is a life worth. Well, they decided that everyone for that life they would give 250000 And then for every dependent, for a wife or child, they would give another $100,000. And then a third category is they would think about that wage earner's ability to earn a wage. And so if you were a doctor or you were a fireman, you would be compensated according to what your potential was as far as earning money. And that's how they decided to compensate people for the loss of life. Jesus placed a value on you. You're more valuable than all the treasures of this world, than all the insurance companies could possibly pay out. He gave his life for you. God paid the highest price possible. He went And he died on the cross for you. I know that parents would be willing to die for their children once they get out of the teenage years. (laughs) But as a parent, you know, you you love your children and, and you're willing to, you'd be willing to die for them. Well, God was willing to die for us. Even when we were estranged from him, And we didn't belong to him. And we were in rebellion against him. He died for you. He died for me. He placed the highest value possible on you. That of his own son. His own life. He's the great shepherd. In Hebrews 13.20 it says, May God, who puts all things together, make all things whole, who made a lasting mark through the sacrifice of Jesus, the sacrifice of blood that sealed the eternal covenant, who led Jesus, our great shepherd, up and alive from the dead. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. He is our great shepherd. He went down to the grave, down to death, down to hell, to redeem us from our lostness to bring us back from death to life. He is the good shepherd because he's devoted to the sheep, because he serves us sacrificially. The good shepherd also has an intimate relationship with us. That's the third characteristic, the closeness of the shepherd with the sheep. The shepherd's closeness to the sheep. I am the good shepherd, verse 14. I know my sheep and my sheep know me. God knows all about us. There's not anything that he doesn't know. But also he invites us to know him. Isn't that wonderful? He invites us into an intimate relationship with him. To know him. To know him is really to love him. In John 10, 4 to 5, it says, When he has brought out all his own, he goes on ahead of them, and his sheep follow him because they know his voice. 
but they will never follow a stranger. In fact, they will run away from him because they do not recognize a stranger's voice. Sheep will not follow another shepherd. As you walk with God, you get to know his voice. A new Christian, saved a short amount of time, could come to get to know God's voice. Now, with years, we ought to know that voice even better. But when I read a story a number of years ago that I, I remember to this day, it was about a new convert and an older Christian, and this older Christian was mentoring the new convert, and they happened to be going through the city, and there on the corner was a street preacher. He was eloquent, he was speaking well, but the older Christian knew that he was a part of a cult, that the message that he was speaking on the street, the street preacher, was not the truth. But it seemed like this young convert was mesmerized as he listened intently because this young convert was hungry to hear the word. And as he listened, the older Christian just simply prayed. He determined not to say anything. And when they were ready to leave, as they began to walk away, the older Christian said, well, what did you think? He said, all the while when he was speaking, I just felt something was so wrong, so wrong. There was a witness in his heart that what this man was saying wasn't from God. See, we begin to distinguish the voice of God as we walk with God, as we go through the pages of Scripture, as we study and become familiar more and more with him. We could distinguish him and he will lead us in the paths of righteousness, the Bible says. God will never lead you in paths of sin. He'll never lead you into places where it will harm you spiritually. I read a story about Eddie Frey. Eddie Frey was one of four inventors of the KidSmart vocal smoke detector. What actually happened is he had a dream one night and in the dream... A smoke detector went off and it gave instructions to the children what to do. When he woke up, he thought, oh, I'm going to go back to sleep. But then he decided, no, I'm going to get up and just write that down. And from that came an invention that a smoke detector was to be recorded by the parents' voices. They were able to put a recording in there to give their children instructions what to do if a fire broke out in the house. Because oftentimes children, when they heard a smoke alarm go off, would just become panicked and they would sometimes make mistakes and think, maybe I set the alarm off or I did something. And so now when that smoke alarm goes off, that kid smart smoke alarm, it's the parents' voice giving the children instruction because they know that the children are more likely to listen to their parents' voice. At least at that age, teenagers. <laughs> I am so grateful that our Heavenly Father speaks, that we can hear His voice, that He is careful to give us instruction. I mean, it's an amazing thing how God will speak to us. But not only do the sheep know the voice of the shepherd, but the shepherd knows the sheep. That's a wonderful comfort. All of us like to be known. 
Ever notice how people love to tell their stories? Their journey and where they've been and what they've experienced? Well, those in the family know one another. A husband knows his wife. His wife knows the husband. The children know the parents. The parents know the children. Your friends know you. But, but there's still those areas that you want to share. There's this desire to share our innermost being. There's things that those who are closest to us don't even know about us. There's things that we don't even know about ourselves. At times we're a mystery to ourselves, but that's never the case with God. He knows us. So we never take him by surprise. He's never surprised at us. He says, boy, I didn't know that about him. I didn't know that about her. I'm leaving them. I'm not going to shepherd them. No, no, no. He knows how we will handle every situation, every potential situation. He knows our strengths and our weaknesses. He knows how we would respond to every single circumstance of life. He knows you perfectly. And he loves you perfectly. With that incredible knowledge that he has of you, he has still chosen to love you and care for you. I know that there are psychological testings that we could take that we discover more things about ourselves. And even, you know, in, as you grow older, they have all these different inventories and tests and you, you say, boy, I didn't know that. I didn't know that. From the day God called you, from before you were in the womb, he knew everything about you. Psalm 139 says, every one of your days was written in this book before one of them was lived out. He knows your deepest longings. He knows your deepest desires. He knows why you feel about things, the way you feel about things, why you feel that way even when you don't know. I like that beautiful chorus that we sing. He knows my name. He knows my every thought. He sees each tear that falls and hears me when I call. He hears me when I call. I have a maker. He formed my heart. He formed your heart in his hands. Before even time began, my life was in his hand. I have a father. He calls me his own. He'll never leave me, no matter where I go. You have a shepherd that cares and loves you, that knows all about you, and you could place your life into his hands, knowing that he will give you an abundant life, knowing that he will trust you, knowing that in an hour of crisis, in a moment of trouble, he is not a hireling that will simply leave, that will simply walk out. They've said that God is the friend who walks in when all others walk out. He is your shepherd. Well, that's all the time we have for today's edition of Voice of Faith. 
with Pastor Ed Jones of Faith Assembly in Poughkeepsie, New York. There's more to come from Pastor Ed's look at the Gospel of John. We encourage you to download today's message again to review. Simply log on to voiceoffaithradio.com and select today's date from the Voice of Faith media plan. Again, that's voiceoffaithradio.com. Maybe today's message brought a family member or a friend to mind. You can share today's message via Facebook and Twitter by simply logging on to voiceoffaithradio.com and clicking on today's date. There you'll find all the options to share. Now we'd like to invite you to join us at Faith Assembly for worship on Sunday mornings at 9 and 11 a.m. or Wednesday evenings at 7 p.m. For driving directions and more information, log on to voiceoffaithradio.com and follow the link to Faith Assembly. Or feel free to give us a call at 845-462-5955. That's 845-462-5955. Well, that's all the time we have for today. You've been listening to Voice of Faith with Dr. Ed Jones. We invite you to join Pastor Ed as he continues teaching through the Gospel of John right here on Voice of Faith.